word has it that uh, a previous CEO of Proudly's essay was once caught wearing a suit that was made in a different country. So I think in uh, making sure he doesn't get caught in, the, in that, he decided, I'm going to come dressed in a T-shirt written Proudly essay, and you can only know that it is made in essay. Well, uh, Eustace Mashimbe is a qualified financial accountant who studied at Technicon Northern Gauteng, now known as Twani University of Technology, and the te- uh, Technicon SA, now known as UNISA. He majored in financial accounting and corporate law and also studied towards completing uh, his, uh, towards an, his MBA with the Management College of SA, still to be completed. He's currently completing his studies towards a corporate governance qualification through Chartered Secretaries Institute of South Africa. He has over 17 years experience in accounting and financial management. Yeah, didn't work for KPMG. I'll check. I'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, in both public and private sectors with Telcom, Edcon, and the Department of Trade and Industry. With more than 10 years of these at senior management level. He has served on the board of uh, the business place and is currently director on the board of South African Savings Institute. Where he previously also held the position of audit and risk committee chairperson. He has previously fulfilled the role of chief financial officer for a 10-year period, acting chief operating officer and acting CEO of Proudly SA and was appointed permanent CEO in December 2016. And when he got appointed, he qualified to be here. <laughs> He's my guest on Meet the Boss. Eustace, thank you so much for coming, mate. Good evening. Good evening, Rams. Push thank up. you. I guess up. Good to see you. Thank you. Same you look here. tired, though. Are you guys working hard? It's or, been a long On a pretender. Last <laughs> part. Too much, too much. It's so good to have you here. You know, you. I, I, I feel slightly guilty because I remember uh, we, we met about four or five months mm-hmm. ago. Too much. Oops. <laughs> And I said, we have to have you on the show. <laughs> and then I, I said, I'm here. Quality takes time. Yes, it's true. Quality <laughs> takes time. Now that you are here, that's the most important thing. So this is how we do it. We do one third of this conversation talking about you. And the, the next two thirds about issues around the business and, and things that people need to understand about what you do, how it impacts them, and why they should worry about Proudly SA. But at first we celebrate the man, which is very okay. important. We need to celebrate you. Okay. So we will open the line shortly on 089 if you want to engage with him. We hope you want to engage with him mostly on the business of what he does, but certainly feel free to engage with him on anything he personally owes you, and you can embarrass him on air. Uh, we are also on Twitter, <laughs> at Rams by the Horns, and on Facebook, Metro FM Talk with Rams. So where does the journey begin? Where's home? Where does all the story begin of the man? So I was born and bred in Mamilodi. Uh-huh. That's one. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm a big Sundowns fan. Ah, the I interview just ended. Uh, he's just <laughs> left. <laughs> so that's where I'm from, Rams, yeah. uh, Mamilodi. And uh, you know, born in a family of five. Yeah. Uh, I'm the last born. Uh, okay. But I hope I can have last born syndrome. No, I'm still born so far. I want to answer Yeah, so I'm the youngest of five kids. Uh-huh. It, it's it's pretty much it, humble beginnings. My mother was a teacher. My father worked uh, initially for Padco, then left Padco to start the taxi business. Uh, we had a spaza shop. I was raised by taxi money, raised with taxi money and uh, spaza shop money. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, business in the township, ups and downs, and eventually went back into employment. And uh, I think uh, I've seen the best of both. I yeah. mean, there was a time where I was in a house that was well-resourced. And I was in a house, at, there was a point where there was, a, 
you know, a battle to yeah. make ends meet. Mm. And so I've seen the best of both. I've, and, and I think when I was going through my teens, that's when we had the, the biggest challenges. But strangely, when I got to university, my father then worked for American Embassy. Strangely, I worked for Paris, South Africa, and he worked for the American Embassy. <laughs> but at, th- at that point, that's when I, I, I think I, I got to enjoy the best of being the last born, you yeah, know. Yeah. There's, there's four people working who are your siblings, and there's two parents who are working. And I think that's when my mother decided to retire. I think there was just enough yeah, uh, she, to she put me no, through school. Exactly. I was the only one that yes. was taken to school. So so I've, I've, I've had the best of both, and, and that has taught me a lot. I've learned a lot uh, through the struggles that I saw, especially when I went through high school. So the, the, the fact that there, was, there were small businesses at home, could that be the reason why you were attracted towards studying accounting? Not really. I just think I battled too much with science and maths okay. to a point where when it got to making choices, I remember my mother and I sitting in the kitchen making it, you know, we had to make choices. My mother was a teacher, yeah, a very senior teacher. I think she taught for about 33 or 34 years. Wow. So, she, so she was the best person to have the conversation with. And, uh, you know, I, I have a brother, the one that, I, that comes before me. He was brilliant in science and maths. So it was easy for my mother to say, but look at your marks. Look at what this guy used to get. And he's three years older than me. So yeah. it was easy. It was not so long ago. So so we used that to ascertain which stream was the best. And I, and I excelled in accounting, strangely. And so it was. It came naturally for me at the time to okay. choose accounting. And obviously, you mix it up with economics, business economics. But maths was an imperative. So mm. I took maths as well. And those were the subjects. Growing up in moms and... and uh, Let's leave the home situation alone. What was, what was it generally in the township in, the, in those years when you were growing up? I, I think Mamluid has always been vibrant, man. It has always been that uh, kind of township mm. where you are exposed to a whole lot. Uh, especially, you know, having gone to a school where, you know, there were many of us. It was a school in town, but there were many of us who commuted from town to Mamluid. So that... Yeah. The experiences of the township, I think... So, I, I go to uh, No, but... <laughs> <laughs> His parents who wanted the best, you know. <laughs> so, so, but I think that's where I picked up a lot of relationships, a lot of uh, friendships, yeah, and a lot of the vibe that was going on in the township because mm. I come from a very strict family. So I was not too much in the streets, uh, but that experience of commuting daily, yeah. in the mornings and in the afternoons, uh, gave me, you know, an insight into the kind of township that I was in. Very lively township. I think my first love has always been football. Uh, music came later. Yeah, I think growing up in a household where you everyone is older you 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 tend to you know to lean more towards what everybody else likes in the house yes. and my brother introduced me to sundowns uh, i think sundowns was playing in atrisville and uh, he took me to a soccer game and sundowns was playing chiefs and we and sundowns how much chiefs obviously and and I, and i fell in love with sundowns so, so 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 for me that was one of the things that i really liked about yeah, the township that time the such a yeah, we won't mention names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so that experience as well. You know, going to the games. You know, there was that vibe when it was a soccer match. As, as young as I was, that vibe was yes. always there. You know, when fun, man, Godzilla, when Sundowns wins, they drop the prices of booze <laughs> and everything is cheap in the township. <laughs> so, so that is it has always been that kind of a township. Yeah, uh, and I think that's why it's befitting. Uh, that later on, the terms like Bafanaba style came about. Because yes. There's always been that kind of a township. And uh, the influences of, 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 of things like jazz, you know, Maritela Park, yes. with the jazz, yes. everybody comes into that township. So I know how every single year we would come to Maritela Park, <laughs> exactly. man. And, uh, so, yeah. yeah, so, so uh, I mean, I look at your, your, your career, very illustrious. 
but I also working for very serious organizations in, in your past. Where where would you say was one of your most difficult times in in in, in your career path? I think I've gone through quite a few. Hey, eh? I've gone through quite a few difficult paths. I mean, I remember a time when I quit my job and I left uh, to go work in Rustenburg, and I, I was CFO for Pali South Africa at the time. But things yeah. were so tough that uh, you know it says I had a ten years stint as CFO. But what what is not said in there is that there was a two month gap <laughs> where I left. Yeah, uh, things were that tough. All of things, two months. All of two months. Yeah. You know, fortunately, I got an opportunity from the guys at Royal Bafuking to go and set up an enterprise development uh, sort of support uh, a system agency there yeah. for them. So, which was linked to the Royal Bafuking Enterprise Development Agency. So, so that two months uh, sort of gave me a bit of a break and. I think I I was able to survive then. I I, th- I think it's one of those periods where I almost went. I felt like I was going mad. So I've gone through those kind of mm-hmm. periods. But fortunately, whatever was a challenge at the time was resolved. And you know, the chairperson of the board at the time called me back. Uh, I got called and I was told and I was asked to come back to say, you know, we've lost our CEO. Now you're the CFO. You're gone. We can't lose both. Yeah. So we need you to come back. Are you in a position to come back? So imagine I've just joined an organization. And six weeks down the line, I have to ask them to leave. So I went back. And I think that... Uh, that uh, and you, you, you had just joined an organization with lots of money. And you, yes. account, you called to an organization that generally has to battle to raise uh, money. Battles to raise money. No, yeah. let's, that, it's a, that's, that's a daily hustle yeah. there for us. So that's what we do. I, I say to people daily, you know, my title should be a glorified salesman. Because that's all I do. I'm a salesman. I well, sell. on that note, let's talk about Proudly South African. <laughs> Our guest on Meet the Boss is uh, Eustace Mashimbia. He's CEO of Proudly South African. You know, just for the benefit of our listeners, wh- what is Proudly SA? And what, what is the mandate? So, so Proudly South African is a, is a bi-local campaign. And uh, the mandate is centered around making sure that we get South Africans to buy local. But obviously, I think because when the campaign started uh, in 2001, the thinking was that we would get consumers to make purchasing decisions in favor of locally made products and services. But as part of the repositioning that we we are going through now, and and since I was appointed last year, what we're focusing on is is where a lot of money is being spent. So in the private sector, Mm -hmm. in the public sector, those are two spaces that we play in the most. And some people say, yeah, you're not visible. We don't see you. Yeah. Uh, during our team's days when the campaign was launched, uh, the campaign was everywhere and people saw you know, the logo everywhere you went, whether on billboards, on TV, on radio. I think the focus has changed. There was a lot of money in the campaign then. We don't have as much money th- uh, right now as, as our team and his team had at the time. So, so that's why we're focusing on the high impact stuff. So we do a lot of behind the scenes work. Interestingly, we had a conversation a few minutes ago with SAB World of Beer. Yeah. Talking about, uh, or SAB Kickstart, talking about the world of beer. Those are the kind of relationships that we are forging. I uh, had a discussion with them yesterday about the enterprise development program, about the purchasing patterns within SAB itself. And we're, chal- we're challenging SAB. Obviously, because of the relationship they have with AB and BEV uh, around the takeover that happened with them, we are able to now, you know, have those discussions because there is, a, you know, it's some change in that organization where they are they are want to also focus on the changing their local their purchasing patterns to localize them. So we are saying to them, localize them, but uh, it must not just be a smaller percentage that you localize. You know, don't don't have an enterprise development program where you take people through. Uh, different sorts of training and you capacitate them, but they get to a point where, you know, after the training is completed, th- they can't even buy from you. Yes. You know, yes. Or, or you can buy from them. 
so, so you must become a market. Capacitate people that uh, you know will be positioned. Yeah. Bottlers, uh, packaging people, branding people, logistics companies, people who have uh, farms that will grow the hops that you need for your beer. Yes. So it's those kind of discussions. So buying local is not necessarily just a product, but also buying services from, from local suppliers from lo- and stuff like, yeah. stuff like that. So, so you're a lobby group. We're, yeah, we're an advocacy group. Advocacy organization, an advocacy really. organization. Yeah. And, yeah. Who owns Proudly SA? I, th- I think we come across that question so many times, and I'm yeah. glad you asked it, because we are sometimes confused uh, to be a government agency because of the strong ties and links we have with the DTI. So, so there's an organization called NEDLEC. Yes. So NEDLEC has four constituencies, being business, government, labor, and civil society groups. And each of those... Uh, constituencies have three seats each on our board and those are the people who I report to and I count to so that, with, okay. with an independent chairperson. Yes. So is the Nedlec constituencies that appoint the board uh, but it's independently owned. We're a non-profit company. Obviously the biggest contributor because we support what they want to achieve or what they seek to achieve through the industrial policy action plan around reindustrialization of the economy is the DTI. So, so then the Minister of Trade and Industry is a, is a huge say. So like I said, government is one of those constituencies that is uh, part of the Paris South African board and, and represented by the DTI and Department of Labor. But the bulk of our funding or a lot of our funding right now comes from the DTI because oh. we support what they <clears throat> do. Yeah. Why should anybody listening to us now worry about proudly say? Why, why should I be concerned? I think the In fact, why should I be interviewing you? <laughs> I think you should be interviewing me because uh, I think uh, we all have a responsibility to, to do those things that will help us grow the economy. I think there's a lot of noise being made uh, around issues like leadership, around issues uh, centered around how the country is run, business is making noise, consumers on the ground are making noise. You know, I heard a call on a radio station uh, saying he's a young person, he's fighters, frustrated because he's unemployed. So all these noises stem around the fact that people are desperate for jobs. People are hungry. Uh, you know, this, this unemployment, this poverty, this growing inequality yeah. uh, gives rise to a need for, for initiatives like ours. Things that can be done collectively. You know, people buy daily. Uh, and especially in big business. And that's why we're focusing a lot on the high-impact stuff. And I'll talk to you about some of the things that we, we want mm. to do as a campaign going forward. But th- the, the main reason why we're doing what we do is because there's a need to make sure that those guys who are brave enough to start businesses, especially businesses that uh, are centered around uh, providing services, rendering services within the borders of South Africa, manufacturing products, actual tangible products that uh, we consume mm-hmm. or that we can consume. So, so those people need support. You know, I think in my interactions with business people on a day-to-day basis, the biggest uh, hurdle that any business person has to go through, and that, that's my personal experience, and, and, and I'm open to other views, is market access. If there's no one to buy from you, defeat there's the no purpose. business. You there's got no, no business. business. You can inherit money and start a business and set up the best systems and processes and employ the best people. But if there is no one to buy from you, defeat the purpose. And that is why we exist. We, are, we, we have now, you know, repositioned the campaign such that our focus is on market access. And that's why the discussion, I, the example I gave a few minutes ago about yeah. uh, on SAB. Yes. Uh, there's, there's others like MassMart who are, we are working with where the program that they rolled out around local manufacturing it's centered around them finding companies that are going to manufacture products that will end up on their shops, on, on their, on their on shelves, the shelves yeah. on the shelves within uh, you know, the different stores that fall within that uh, 
uh, that group of, 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 of companies. So so those are the kind of things that we do. We, we negotiate on a day-to-day basis when we wake up. And as I say, we sell. We go and we sell on behalf of our members. We don't have a tangible product that we're selling, but we have a whole host of companies that manufacture locally that are battling with market access. And we find those opportunities. We create those platforms. In some instances, I mean, when I spoke to you, those are the Biolocal Summit and yeah. Expo, which is, a, which is a platform that we've created ourselves. And we invite buyers. And in fact, uh, at the next one that is happening in March 2018, 14 and 15 March 2018, at the Suntan Convention Center, we, are, we So will, the date is confirmed already? Everything is confirmed. The ah, platform yes, is yes, ready. Yes. Uh, and, and we're getting the biggest number of buyers that we've ever had. Based on the work that we've done and the work that I've been doing, especially with the team, I work with an excellent team we are going to have the biggest number of buyers at that platform. So as a business person, if you're showcasing your product there, 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 there will be someone who might be you know, in need of whatever you are showcasing mm. and whatever you're offering. Mm. So we create those platforms, but we also piggyback on other platforms. So I'll give examples, things like Decorex. So we'll take people who or companies that are affiliated with us that are in that space, yeah. who make us expo, you know, furniture is designated by government. So people mm. who, who manufacture furniture will go into who make us expo. We recently we did Delicious. I think that was one of the mm. biggest investments yeah, yeah, we've made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We part, we participated and partnered with the DSTV and Delicious event. Uh, <laughs> zero eight nine <laughs> double one zero double three double seven is the number to dial. My guest on Meet the Boss is Eustace Mashimbe, CEO of Proudly SA. Feel free to call about what you want to know about how they can help you in your business, where you can source products and services that you think you're battling to find. But also you can call just to congratulate the man on the job that he and his team uh, do for South Africa all the time. We are on 089110337 on Twitter at Rams by the Horns. And you can tag Proudly SA. What is your... Ed Proudly SA. Ed Proudly SA. You can tag them. And Facebook is Metro FM Talk with Rams. This idea of, of what you do, at, at, at face value, I could see it as... Crazy patriotism, you know, mm. guys mm. making noise like by mm. South Africa. Mm. But do we have do we have international examples of of similar pro- programs? Do other countries do what we do? In fact, so so in 1998, I'll take you back a bit. I hope yeah. you don't mind. So in 1998, the then president, uh, who was Nelson Mandela, convened the presidential job summit because yeah. the challenge that we are experiencing at the moment was experienced even as far back as as, as at that time. So he convened the summit to try and come up with ways in which the economy could you know, be stimulated and we could find ways to create jobs. And that's why it was a job summit. Mm. And this was an outcome of that summit where it was agreed that a bi-local campaign would be formed. And, and at that time, a study was done to look at other countries. And, and the model that was adopted was the Australian-made campaigns model. So Australia is a similar campaign, and mm. very successful. In fact, they are at a point where they're self-sustainable. And for a couple of years now, they don't rely anymore on the government because there was also a change at, at within you know the administration of the country o- over the years. Yeah. So those who established the campaign and funded it uh, no longer funded it. And so it's self-sustainable. That's how successful it is. There are others, you know, when we looked at uh, studies done, especially in the past, three, four years, uh, even during my predecessor, predecessor's time, we, we, we found that there are some for, for small towns and cities, uh, like Mississippi will have their own. Yeah. Uh, instead of just a, a bi-local campaign like their new president is advocating for, but they, they, they have bi-local campaigns that were established by small states, yeah. you know, small towns, and, and, and it's quite successful. I mean, one of the things that is in the pipeline is for, for me to go and do a study tour 
in some of those places. I mean, India is quite a success. One of our board members has, gone, has, has previously gone to India. A few months ago, went to India and has seen what they do with that campaign. Uh, other BRICS countries, I think maybe it's because of the BRICS. But, but isn't our challenge here in South Africa? And and <clears throat> I, don't, I don't I don't want to get into politics, mm. but w- wouldn't we have a challenge where, unlike countries like Australia, from where I sit, they seem to be a united one mm. country with one mm. vision and mm. stuff. I sit here and sometimes I listen to business, or sometimes I even listen to different political parties, and I think. We don't seem to agree on anything. <laughs> so does it, doesn't that make your life difficult? Where I sometimes don't sense uh, patriotism in some of the corporates that I listen to, some of the big buyers of mm. services that you mm. they should be buying from our people. Mm. Look, that is a real challenge. And that's why one of the things that uh, a few minutes ago I said I'll talk to you about it, but maybe this is the right time to talk yeah. about it. One of the things that we're doing is we're challenging big business. Uh, to to now show their hand. You're making noise, you're complaining about leadership in the country, about everything else that is happening around us. There's so much noise, but what is it that you're doing? Uh, let, let's look at your procurement patterns. Are you creating jobs? As much as you're saying others are, are taking the economy down, what are you doing to lift it up? Uh, because we need economic activity in case the, an improved economic 100%. activity. And, and in order to get to that point, we need more people to have disposable income. So what are we doing as a collective to create jobs? People must not just come here. We must not just be seen as a consumer market where com- for companies, foreign companies come into the country, they set up shop just for them to sell their products to us. Perfect example is in the clothing and retail space. Companies come in, H&M, Zara, and all these guys, they come in, they set up shop, but uh, they're bringing all these things from outside. Yeah. Whereas, you know, our local guys are localizing, you know, if you look at what Edcon is doing, the Fashini Group, Woolworths, Truets, uh, Mr. Price, all yeah. of them are localizing. Edcon, uh, perfect example, I have it on paper, and, and I have a commitment from them, and we work with them. We had a fashion show with them a few weeks ago, showcasing what is in Edgar's and Jet that is locally made, championed by David Clale. Uh, about 58% of everything they produce is made locally. So we're challenging the private sector to say... 58%? That's amazing. Everything that is in Edgar's and Jet is locally made. And, and that change has happened mm. over the last two years. That was It was as low as 20% a few years ago, two, three years ago. But it's because of the commitments now we're getting from big business. So we're challenging the rest. What incentives, though? I mean, when, when you go and sit with the CEO of Edcon, uh, who have their own financial issues <laughs> from time to time... <laughs> How do you incentivize him to to take these decisions and support what you advocate for? You know what we say to them? Mm-hmm. If you don't contribute to the creation of jobs, Mr. Ed Kwan, there'll be no one to buy from you. It's as simple as that. Yeah. There will be no one to buy from them. How are we going to prioritize buying clothes from them if we're unemployed and if, if there's no income coming into the different households, we're going to prioritize food. Mm. And that's why we're challenging the retailers. I mean, we've done a lot of work in the clothing and textile space. Right now, the focus is on uh, FMCG space, the retailers especially, we're taking them on. And that's why we love the partnership we've just concluded with Masmat. And we had an event with them and Minister of Minister Patel yeah. last week to, to talk about the work that has been in done fact, in that I space. In fact, I know that because on Thursday, oh. he, he was addressing a... Uh, a, a, a business summit in uh, in in uh, Malasini, and he actually mentioned the Masmat thing. He said, yeah. "If you have a product that you think should be on the shelves of Masmat, yeah. come talk to us. We will yeah. put it on those shelves." Yeah. And I found it very profound to yeah. hear something like that because I've created this character. And let me remind our listeners: please call now. We're gonna run out of time. <laughs> uh, you guys are gonna rush trying to talk to the men, and time will be gone. Zero eight nine double one zero. Double three, double seven. I never run out of questions, so I don't necessarily worry if you don't call, but I'd love for you to have a, a bit of him. I can't have him alone. I've always created this 
character uh, called Temba. Mm. And he lives in Daviton. Mm. And he makes nails. The big ear. How can you help Temba? Temba makes, you know, mm. a thousand nails a week. He probably could make more if he had a market. Mm. At the moment, his market came, Matama, uh, who are building Gokas, mm. they don't always buy. Mm. He needs to, be, to have formalized markets. Is that the kind of person who should be talking to you? That's the kind of person who should be talking to us. In fact, we have a lot of those people. So we will take Temba in, we'll check the quality because one of the things that we, we look for, we yeah. look out for, outside of you making the product locally, we check quality. You know, if you look at the, the party South African logo, it's made of a tick, which represents quality. Yeah. The colors of the, of the South African flag yeah. uh, resemble the fact that it's a locally made product. So so we will take someone like that, if it's, if it's tick bo- both those boxes especially, we'll take him to platforms. Platforms, market access platforms. So we'll find platforms for him. I spoke about Homemakers Expo. That's someone who take to Homemakers yeah. Expo because there are other people there who use nails. There's someone that will introduce to Builders Warehouse, which is part of the MassMart group. Mm. So, so we'll, there's someone will take to the Buy Local Summit and Expo where you have buyers from other groups yes. because beyond people being part of enterprise development programs of specific companies, we want to find other markets. So it's most important to get markets and markets, especially markets. markets that people are not exposed to because as, as he sits in, in Daviton, he, he's, he's not seeing a bigger picture. And, and most importantly, I think that's the, what is most important is nails is, uh, is part of steel, is designated yeah. for local procurement in, in the public sector because that's, that's another big portion of what we do. So outside of challenging the private sector to localize and engaging the different uh, industries and different uh, CEOs and, and buyers within the private sector, we do a lot of work in the public sector. Obviously, on the back of the fact that the public sector is designated to so someone like that, uh, who has a product like that that is designated will, be, will, be, will form part of our database of local products and services. And that database, we're currently talking to National Treasury to, to have an interface where we'll integrate our system with the CSD. So those tenders for, for designated products when they come out. So, you know, the designations simply mm, say, mm. if anyone in government buys anything that is designated, they have to buy from a local manufacturer. So that would be Temba. Uh-huh. And his nails company. By, by the way, folks, CSD Central uh, s- uh, Supplier Database. You know yeah. these people speaking <laughs> jargons. Fortunately, I understand some of these things. Uh, I'm going to ask you one last question. They are calling, so I'm going to leave you to the callers okay. and the listeners. I'm going to ask one last question. You know, earlier this year, I, I met a guy. I can't remember his name. And I found it wrong what he told me. He says he makes nuts and bolts mm-hmm. for vehicles, uh, buses in particular. And he says, I'm battling to get business. It, it didn't make sense. He is a black person. He makes nuts and bolts. And he says he's not making money. So, well, because I, I did not think about along the lines of, of Proudly essay and stuff like that, in my view, I just said to him, but you're not selling enough. I, I think you should be making, you should be coining it. You know, and, and interestingly, he told me that specifically government-owned bus Rapid bus uh, businesses mm. are the ones rejecting him. They're not listening to him. I found it wrong. You see, because the buses are designated now, that's the kind of person who must who we must introduce to those people who've, who've, who've been awarded the contracts. The contracts in government for bus rapid transit systems are being awarded to people who make the buses locally. Nuts and bolts are designated. The buses are designated. That's the person we should introduce. So we will go to Ekurulen who are currently rolling out their own. And yeah. I know Ekurulen is appointed uh, someone who makes the buses locally. Introduce them to that person to say uh, who who makes your nuts and bolts for your buses. That is the role of Palace of Africa. We have a team 
that just focuses on signing up members and doing those intros and doing those linkages. And, and that is one of the biggest benefits of being a member of Public South African is that we are able to do those introductions. We create the platforms, we find the platforms, and it's up to you as a business person to go and sell. Uh, we have about 8,000 products on, in our books. And at any given time, if you're looking for nuts and bolts, if it's one of those products that is on our books, we go in, we click, and we'll tell you who makes it. So, wow. so, so anyone looking for some for for a, for a supplier to to provide them with any raw materials for any of the products that they need to make locally can talk to us, and that is one of the biggest benefits of being a member. Okay, uh, on Twitter at Rams by the Horns and tag at Proudly SA zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. Our first caller is from Rustenbeck. I hope he's not unhappy that you left the Bafu King. Oba King, good evening and thank you very much for calling. Thanks a lot, yes. um, I'm learning a lot from um, that, that brother on this yes. Yes. Um, I was about to ask something, um, especially as people from rural areas, we can have great ideas in terms of whatever he's talking about. But I think how we negotiate certain things is very difficult. Mm. Yeah, because sometimes you can have an idea like someone that you said you met, but I'm going to the city big companies and approach them, guys, I got this and that, I can bring it on board. But they look at you and say, because oh, you don't have people working everything. So can that guy explain so much about that one? Okay, uh, Oba King, this guy has a name. He's Eustace. But yeah, thank you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Listen on the radio. It's okay. It's okay, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Not a problem. Thank you very much for the call. Listen, we shall, we shall respond to Baking. Don't worry. Tapelo. Hey, what's happening? Another Rustenberg caller. Good evening, Tapelo. Evening, gentlemen. Routine, Lika. No, I think it's an indication that he needs to come back to us. <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick one. In terms of the uh, services that they, they, they cater for, uh, what kind of services are they? For, for example, my company specializes in professional services, whereby we do employee assistance programs as well as uh, employee wellness programs for corporates. And we often find that the big guys in that space are from, you know, like your IKs as well as your OXAs, which are international companies. And very few few of us who are local are offering that service. So would it be beneficial for me to, to also be part of the proudly South African as a member? Uh, thank you, Tapelo, for the question. And Utsile in Harangua, good evening. Batompehi, how are you? Utsile. Our yeah. um, I'm, I'm wanting to find out, uh, I'm in the FMCG space, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with, we have two product lines now, it's soya means and beans. And, uh, I, you know, we, we all know that FMCG space is quite a, a low margin business. Uh, I would be very happy to hear that proudly South African have changed their mantra maybe from and I know the speaker was very expensive. Just to get that logo, proudly South African, mm. it was a, it was a quite a, a, an exo- You know, they were charging exorbitant fees. Yeah. Uh, what what are the cost implications currently? How can they help a a triple B E food production company like ours, Bafeni Foods, which is just starting out and and uh, getting into FMCG space? Brilliant questions, Utsila. Thank you very much for the questions and for calling and for listening. Let's start at the top. Uh, uh, they they want to know. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I actually want to summarize that question very interestingly to say, is it better 
when I run a business or I start a business and I know I've got a locally produced service or product, mm. is it better to start talking to you so that it would, would it make it easier for me to reach markets? It would be better. I think yeah. once your business is formalized, unfortunately we deal with formalized businesses yeah. uh, because when we do those introductions, we need someone who will be introduced and once that order is placed, they will be able to deliver yeah. because it's also a reputational thing for us. Mm -hmm. If you mess up with one order, you've messed up for everyone else. So so we are quite clear in terms of that. It needs to be a formalized business once you have, we have that. And I think it also responds to Utsila's question as well. So once you have a product or you have a service that you're rendering, you join the campaign, yeah. and that's when we, based on the sector in which you are in, as the opportunities come up, we, we we send it out to our members. I mean, on a day-to-day -day basis, we send out mail merges. In fact, some of our members even block us because we're sending out too much information, but all of it is relevant. Yeah. And, and that's why, it, in some instances, we only send information to companies that are in that specific industry. So an opportunity comes up in a specific sector, yes. in a specific region, especially with tenders around the tender monitoring system that we've developed. It gives us an opportunity, once we pick up a tender for a designated sector, we send it to those companies that are in that area and provide the specific service. So it helps. If you're in our books, once those opportunities come Marlatura, up... to be in the books. Uh, Marlatura. He wants to come yeah, in. He <laughs> <laughs> says, part of the repositioning of the campaign, you see, one of the things that has happened after, even before my appointment was that the board came in and said, what are the things that are making it difficult for us to achieve what we need to achieve? And one of the things that was identified is the fee structure. So with the DTI support, DTI takes care of all our operational costs. So what we've done is we've, we've revised the fees. I mean, a company with turnover up to 5 million rands, he said he's a startup. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any startup with a turnover of more than 5 million rands. Yeah. So, so companies up to 5 million rands pay 500 rands. The, the, that, that's, that's how much... Annual membership. Annual membership. That's really? The, the, the fees ah, have been reduced, uh, drastically reduced. I mean, companies with turnover up to uh, 10,000 rands pay 1,000 rands. So, so, so there's that uh, sliding scale uh, fee structure that we've implemented. Yeah. Revised drastically. I mean, the highest uh, membership fee that is paid by anyone who affiliates with us is 100,000 rands. Previously, it was 500,000 rands. That's how much we've dropped the fee. So, so it's affordable now for any company. We don't necessarily have a, a, a subsidy for a triple B company like he asked. <laughs> uh, but what we've done is we've, we've revised the fee to make it affordable. Oh, on Twitter, Patrick says, is it possible for Proudly SA to make Proudly SA's app where we can see all the products at the shops when we're doing groceries? I think I love this question. <laughs> is it possible, though? <laughs> Look, th th there is an app being developed, and I can't talk much about it because it's someone's IP. And, and But there is an app being developed. There is an, an, an e-commerce platform that is being developed. So there's quite a lot that is happening within Paris South Africa. And we're going to have all these uh, things introduced uh, one at a time. I think the focus has been on, on, on giving support to the public sector, where we've developed a tender monitoring system, where we look at all the tenders that are issued by the, by the public sector, and we check whether it's, an, it's, it's a tender for for an item that is designated. So if it's stationary, protective clothing, uh, steel, the nails that I spoke about yeah. earlier on the buses, rail rolling stock. If Transnet and, and Prasa buy trains, they need to buy them locally. So the, the Not go Spain. Not go Spain, please. And you know the Spain ones. They uh, don't uh, even they, fit. They're a bit taller. They're yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, and they're, it's very strange because Spanish people are not necessarily <laughs> tall. 089 <laughs> uh, Mama N uh, in Dubai, good evening. I know, Mama. Good evening, Daddy. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you for I asking. Used. Uh, I used. I used. I used. <laughs> I know, Mama. <laughs> hey, Auntie Anne. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. You have been the pillar of proudly South Africa. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you, Auntie Anne. And you are doing a good, good job. 
thank you. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was listening to all the questions, but I'm just going to ask one line that I'm proud of. Yeah. Proudly South African networks for you. And if you don't go out there and register as a member, because you don't have to run around to look for Hurikiman who will market for you. They are a marketing platform for you. Mm. That much I know. Mm. Ah. And uh, the fees are so cheap that people can afford them. Mm. But the long and the short is buy local to create jobs, right? Yeah. Because uh, we, we go for these cheap products in that it, there's a T-shirt which is 35 rand. And uh, cheap is not cheap. Because you're going to buy, in, in a year, you're going to buy three T-shirts, which equivalents to how much? Mm. Now, buy local because we have quality, quality products. We say uh, uh, South African products are expensive. Yes, they are expensive because we don't have anybody subsidizing us. Mm. But you buy quality. That's what's important. And last but not least, as Eustace and our story, the fees are only 500 rand. People must join because that is your network platform. You've got mm. a database. You mm. can get mm. water to tap and time on that database. Mm. Well, mm. Uh, it's your networking platform. You take care, babe. And <laughs> do, you are doing a damn good job. Thank you. Auntie. I love yeah. you lots. Uh, thank okay. thank you. you. Thank you very much for All the call. Right. Before you respond, I need to take a short break and we'll come back to okay. you. Somebody once said that this uh, feature must be two hours long. I always hope that management is listening to things like this. We run out of time very quickly. My guest on Meet the Boss is Eustace Mashimbe. He's CEO of Proudly SA. And we take your calls on 89 I know you want to, to respond to Mama N, but let's take two more calls and then we'll respond. Tabang and Breds, good evening. What? Northwest people. Brarem, What's happening, Vanda? Yeah. Shabu Jeb, Tabang. Shabu Jeb, Tabang. Uh, so, so, so the, your uh, your your guest, Mr. Uh, is uh, says he's a salesman. Me, I want to ask. Um, he must he must just tell this to me. As someone who goes to to the shop, you know, who goes to buy bread, and and, and as a consumer, yeah, uh, I want him to tell to me how how will it benefit me to to buy proudly South African. It's a very brilliant question, Tabang. I love that because I don't want us to just be caught up in empty patriotism. Uh, Lindo in Cape Town, good evening. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you for asking. How are you, Lindo? I'm great, thank you. Okay. Um, so I'd like to ask Ren. Yeah. Um, so I'm, okay, I'm a beautician mm. and I do nails, lashes, makeup and... Yeah, I started at a very young age, at around 12. Got experience from my mother because she, she does those things. Yeah. So, um, at a later stage, I thought of how I can, like, grow my idea because I can see, like, these days there's um, a lot of makeup artists and we're doing the same thing. So, I thought of having my own makeup brand mm. instead. So, yeah, uh, since I realized that um, in South Africa, there's, like, less black-owned um, makeup brands. So I decided to, like, okay, I'll start um, doing some researches on my um, on my brand and all that. So I've got, like, at the moment, I've got a, a portfolio where I've, I've listed everything that I want to do, um, all the shades that I want, and I've been doing uh, researches. I've been contacting, like... Um, Lindo, get to the point quickly, please. 
Oh, so yeah. So I'd like to ask Rams. Um, no, 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 not me. Ask, ask the guest, Eustace. I, I'm just okay. a guy who talks too much. I know, have no clue about anything. Yeah, sorry. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to ask, how, how can I, um, how can I make it possible? Like, okay, basically, I need mentorship mm. so that I'll be able to like get my products to the market and yeah. Great stuff, great stuff, Lindo. Thank you. And what's the name of your product? My products, as in my makeup products. Yeah, you said you created your own now because you're not using foreign products. So have, have you already created it? Not yet. Not but yet. I already you need have help like with that. Formula. You need help with that. Okay, great. Listen, we're hopefully going to give you some help. Dineshan in Devon, good evening. How's it, man? How are you doing? I'm well, great, sir. For, uh, great for asking, mate. How are you? Fine, thank you. Uh, thank you, guest speaker, as well, for being there. Um, you know, I was, I've actually have opened up my own company at the moment, mm. um, which is probably South African. Um, it's a marketing company. But um, my question that I would like to ask the guest speaker is, uh, firstly, when you want to take your brand from a South African level to an international market, um, how would you go about doing that? Uh, and and uh, how can the Proudly South Africa uh, platform help that? Uh, mm. that uh, mm. uh, wavelength. And the second thing is that um, would you guys uh, potentially have uh, the guest speaker's contact information so that we can we can potentially uh, you know liaise with the, the, the guest speaker so, so that we can we can bounce off each other and try and get as much information as possible. Dineshan, uh, if there's one yeah. thing we do religiously on this show is insist yeah. that our guests leave their contact details. So don't worry. He cannot leave this studio without giving contact details. We sometimes even insist that they leave their mother's details <laughs> in case we can't find them in the office. Uh, before we respond, a question on Twitter from... Uh, I love, I, I love, I love the listeners. Of mm. Vianney Green. Eh? Do you know mm. Vianney Green? Mm. Great mm. journalist. He mm. says, what is Proudly SA doing to ensure that bookstores accept books from South African authors? 99% of their books are by foreign authors. In fact, I've always complained about it that we're the only country where you get into a shop and mm. there's, there's a section written African. You should find a section written mm. European, not European. African. This is Africa. Everything should be African for starters. Mm. Mm. So yeah, mm. let's respond to all those questions. Okay, so so uh, the first one, Mama N, when yeah. I joined the campaign, one of those people that welcomed me, yes. when I joined the campaign, she's been there, she'd been there for years. Unfortunately, she had to retire because yeah. of age. She's on pension now, but she's still a great supporter of the campaign. Yes. So thanks for that. And I think one of some of the things that she raised, especially around networking and the opportunities that exist within the campaign, uh, is quite true because yeah. that is what the campaign. Which probably is answers upon. the question about why should I? Uh, why should I? Yeah, yeah. But but the, that was a question from Tabang, yeah. who said, "What is the benefit of him buying mm. local bread if he goes into a supermarket and he finds a product with the Paris South African logo and he buys it? What is the benefit? The benefit is that you are creating a job. You know, if you buy a product, well, at least saving one. You, Even you, if you're not creating, you are you saving. Know, at least a you're job. saving one. In fact, what. In, in our rhetoric, we say it's about retaining jobs and creating new jobs. Yeah. So so we all know of someone who's unemployed, but we all know of someone who works for a company that is about to close down. Mm -hmm. The clothing and textiles uh, 
union sat to this morning spoke to me. There's 700 jobs in the li- on the line in a company in Pretoria simply because they are not getting the orders that they need. So we're trying to facilitate uh, those deals, mm. and, and they, mm. they've, they've spoken to the Foshini Group who've now placed an order. Yeah. So so it, we can't just leave it to corporates. We also have to make those purchasing decisions. Mm. So the Foshini Group commissions this factory to produce the clothes uh, locally. We must then also go and buy the clothes uh, that are made locally. So th- the same thing applies to the bread. Those people who work for these companies that yeah. uh, produce local bread will, will, will not be sustainable if we don't buy from them. Uh, Lindo is a beautician needs to formalize her business. Once it's formalized her business, I think the best way to do it is to find enterprise development programs. There are lots of enterprise development programs. I approach companies. We we use our Buy Local Summit and Expo as a platform for showcasing beneficiaries of enterprise development programs because they've been taken through you know, processes where they've been trained on financial management, on business management, and, and on just how to run a successful business. Yeah. And, and we come in at the tail end where we then teach them about market access and we find those, so those, those markets for them. Uh, the nation who spoke about international markets, we have a domestic mandate. Our focus is on, is on, is on domestic platforms. Yeah. But we have partnerships with the likes of DERCO. So we presented, for example, at the, at the heads of missions. So all the ambassadors come back into the country once a year. They are trained uh, on, on what is happening in the country. They are updated on, on the latest policies in the country. And we made a presentation at the, 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 the last Heads of Missions Conference mm-hmm. where we spoke to the ambassadors about taking these products that are with th- that you know, registered with Pali South African, taking them into international markets. We work with Brand South Africa who have an international mandate. Yeah. So if you have a product that is uh, uh, ready for markets and, and, and I spoke earlier on about the fact that we support the data in terms of what they want to achieve. So, so we also have those relationships and you're able to do those introductions. And and Fuyani Green, I think I think Fuyani's one is quite challenging in that uh, I can't remember us engaging any bookstore. Yeah. So so maybe that's that's homework for us. Mm. Me and my mm. excellent team that I work with, we need to look at those uh, those kind of platforms and find, you know, a local bookstore. Maybe we must find the major ones. We we can't be tackling all the major retailers. Yeah. So maybe we must add them to the list. We, I think focus, you should. The focus is on should. FMCG, but I think we must take uh, you know the you know, same as a challenge. Yeah. The same way as the big chains uh, uh, buy and sell local mm. wines, mm. the big bookstores must buy and sell local books. It's true. It's, it's very it's important. True. Because what we say is that if you, if you buy a product made in another country, you are effectively creating a job in that specific country. The, going back to your Spain example, those trains, what we've done with those trains is we've created jobs, lots and lots of jobs in Spain. In Spain. And that is what this campaign is about. Buy bread when you go into a, sh- a supermarket that says made in South Africa, produced of South Africa, manufactured in South Africa, because you are creating a job or sustaining a job, at least in South Africa. And that's what this campaign is about. A former colleague of mine, who so, for some strange reason is now a colleague of yours, <laughs> always says you don't have to remind an Italian exactly. to buy Armani. That's what she says. She says, in fact, I borrow that line from her all the time. You stole it from me. <laughs> uh, Miss Happy. Happy. <laughs> wow, <laughs> a brilliant marketer. Yeah. A brilliant marketer. Well, time has run out. I just want to ask you one last question. Just in the next five, ten years, what, what is it that you'd like to see as a legacy of Proudly SA? I, I think... One of the things that I, I have challenged myself on is, is to make sure that we we achieve the big things as a campaign. You know, the stories that the success stories that we have now with Tsukhosan, with the Masmat Group, with the Edcon, with their stores in Edgars and Jet carrying local content. There are lots of these success stories that are coming out. The objective is to find more of these stories uh, and and to make sure that as part of the stories, and that's why I like the Masmat story. Yeah. is that there's 34 companies that are part of that program, and 18 of those already have their products in in the mass stores. So have SMMEs, black-owned ones especially, 
that are success stories as a result of the work we've done. And we have those stories. We have Seatless Brew in Randbeck. People who live around North Riding can go to his coffee shop. Mm. We have uh, Yamama Khmer. So, so we have a lot of those stories. It's, it's a pity we've run out of time. So my objective together with the team is to make sure that using you know, the, the shelf space that is available at, at the different giant retailer stores uh, for the benefit of SMMEs, people who've battled previously with market access, should be proud when they walk into those stores and they see, you know, at eye level, that's where, the, yeah. you know, that's, that, that's, that's where, where it you, should be. That's where it should be. So then, Locally how does Temba and everybody else get hold of Proudly SA? So we, uh, we have an email address, info at proudlysa.co.za, yeah. or you can contact us, uh, you know, on, on our landline 011 327. Triple seven eight. A colleague of mine used to say four seven. Three two seven triple seven eight. And uh, I think www.proudlysa.co.za. You know what you do. Metro FM, talk with Rams on Facebook. You'll get the details, all the details of Proudly SA. Use this machine. I'm sorry it took it took us only for the Eight minutes to get to this point, we should have we should have had more time. Yeah, no, we should have. My yeah. daughter said I must mention her name when she wants to be famous. Shout out, shout out. This my is the daughter, moment. I have twins, uh, a boy and a girl, so but my daughter is one of those. Yeah. At eight already, I can see where she's going. Her name is Mumi, Mumieti and Sako. They said I must mention their names when yeah. I, otherwise. Mumi and Sako, <laughs> we love you. Daddy is very amazing Thank and he does you. an amazing Thank job. You. We love what you do. Continue you. what you do, my brother. Thank, Thank you, you very you. much. Thank you for nice. gracing us. And that concludes the show. Sorry, 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 DJ Man. I owe you three minutes today. I'll make up next. It's now four minutes. Thank you very much to the team. From me, Rams Mabote, good night and God bless.